What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you. Roadshow Friday on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It is beautiful out. It is fall. It is eight days till kickoff. We are at Wilderness Ridge. Happy hour with Hale Varsity. We are surrounded. It's like a third down in eight. Kansas State's dropping back, and there's 48 black shirts coming after a quarterback. But we're surrounded here by Hale Ale from our friends at Kincator. It's on the table here. Mike Shuhart is riding shotgun. Gorman's filming. And he's going, yes, yes, yeah. I mean, he loves it. He's filming here. Uh, Shuey, what's up, man? It's football season. It's good to see you. We're eight days away, 21 and a half points. Give me the points, brother. I'll take the points. I'll take the points. Well, I'll take, take the, the points. points. No question. Now talk to me in three days, and maybe we back off of that. No, no. No? I'm taking the points. You're good? I'm good. We're good. We're good. We're, we're great. We're out here on the deck at Wilderness Ridge here till 6. Come see us. Uh, check out and uh, ask for a hail ale and uh, get yourself uh, a, a just a just phenomenal beer uh, from Kincader. Get yourself. Uh, Junior's going to be here in all his uh, glory, and he will say, I, I need three salmons, please. Oh, three. He's going he's gonna to shake me down for three salmons. I'm sure he will. Boy. He'll be mowing for, for a while. But uh, we're out here on the deck. It is fantastic. It is fall beauty. Uh, we are surrounded by uh, just incredible trees. There's a little yellow, a little red. Uh, there's uh, several ponds behind me where I have donated time and time again <laughs> off of a tea box. You and me both. And, uh, well, <laughs> me more than you, uh, uh, Shuey. But uh, we're loaded up. We're going to hear from Coach Janander coming up. We will uh, for sure check in with Derek Peterson. Dr. Petey going to join us here in about 20 minutes. Uh, the pride of Fairbury's Bill Dolman. And he'll be with us in the 5 o'clock hour. Excited because Cody from Kincader is going to pop on and tell us the story here of, of Hale, Ale, Hale Varsity Ale, and just tell uh, the folks of all the uh, the goodness you can enjoy uh, beer-wise with Kincader. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. No, it, it's, it's outstanding. So we'll talk a little beer here at 440. And then the Pride of Chicago is Danny Burke. Danny Burke has some NFL for you. Uh, Danny Burke has some college football for you. We will get into some Nick Saban news because it sounds like St. Nick uh, is going to be good to go uh, for the Georgia game tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. He's had three consecutive negative tests. Really? So I don't know if that is uh, – it's like someone, uh, I don't know, peeing for you? Uh, hey, intern, let me see your nose for a minute. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But Maybe that, that's that – 
a neg- two negatives make a positive? Something like that. I'm so not. A, I'm guys. not a science guy. Uh, never was a science guy. Uh, it, you know, Walt or or Jesse or you know. So he went the three positives make a negative. He so he's might good to go. He, well, uh, you know what? Here's the thing about Alabama. That's crazy. Uh, the last time that that they have been seven point or less favorites, they're zero and four. Really? If the spread's at seven or or below, and they're favored, it's supposed to be an air quote tight game. Uh, they uh, they've lost their last four. So let's talk about their last four losses: Clemson a couple of times. Yep. Uh, who else? Auburn. Auburn. Right. And. There you go. You can count on one hand. And, and and really the same team. It's either Auburn or it's Clemson. Pretty much. It's only so, two teams that seem to be able to beat them. Yeah. So can join us today. Dial us up at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Those are the numbers to get in. Find us on Twitter uh, at Schmidt underscore radio, at Hale Varsity, at ESPN Lincoln. Uh, can tweet at Mike Shuart. Shuey, give folks your Twitter handle. At Mike Shuhart. It's just real simple. At Mike Shuhart. I'm a pretty Uh, simple guy. I love that. And uh, Shuey, you've uh, you've been enjoying the week. I know today's gorgeous. Tomorrow's fantastic. And folks uh, not only can come on out and see you and get fit, but also uh, get better off the box, get better out of the sand, find a way to make that putt drop. That's what it's all about, man. It is. Love fall golf. Uh, football is in the air, Shuey. And uh, let's uh, start off here and uh, hear a little bit from Coach Chenander as uh, Nebraska is is gearing up. I am interested, and in, uh, this is kind of the, the million-dollar question. I, I know that there's quarterbacks to discuss. I know that there's um, situations to figure out at wide receiver. And uh, I'm interested to know just where the, a difference maker can be found defensively. You know about JoJo Doman. You know about Cam Taylor-Britt. You know about the experience in the secondary. And, and what can you get out of that front seven uh, with, with a Doman who's a senior, with a Ben Stilley who's been here a long time, uh, with a Ty Robinson that's a young pup. We'll, we'll get there here. But uh, here is Coach Chenander uh, when it comes to some of the most improved players for this Nebraska defense. Everyone's scoring points so far in college <laughs> football. But uh, what type of, of, of damage can you minimize with your defense. Nebraska allowed 27 points a game last year. The five-point something was not good when it came to rushing numbers. But will they be better in a year that seems like a lot of defenses are flailing? Here is Coach Chenander. I've seen a lot of growth out of, you know, the first string unit, especially, even though we don't exactly have that solidified uh, quite yet because of, uh, you know, there's been some guys banged up and guys getting a lot of reps. But, um, you know, that, that the defensive back group is, is kind of an anchor for us right now um, because of so much experience with the Caprio Boodle and um, Cam Taylor, Markel Dismuke, and obviously Deontay Williams got hurt last year, but I thought he was going to have a great year before his injury, and I think he'll have a great year um, this year. So I don't know if you'd say those are the most improved players because, uh, you know, they've already been in a lot of game action and had a lot of uh, – um, good football already, you know, guys that, you know, we, we probably are looking forward to having big years or, you know, Caleb Tanner on the edge and, uh, 
you know, along with a, you know, a trio of new guys that Coach Dawson's got. I think um, Colin Miller and Will Honus are slated for a big year inside, as well as Luke Reimer, you know, rotating in a lot, getting a lot of playing time. So Reimer's a guy that we've heard a lot about, a kid out of North Star that's, that's uber talented. I think it's fair to think that between Honus and Colin Miller and Reimer, you'll, you'll be good at that rotation. And it, it's not like they're unathletic. There is some, some side to side with them. They're long and lean, and it, it's, a, it's a 6'1", a 6'2", body type with, with those long arms. But, you know, it's going to really kind of come down to are you going to be able to get off some blocks? Can you get some stalemate at that line of scrimmage? We'll get into the defensive line because that's where Coach Chenander goes next when we come when we talk improvement. Stilly's your anchor. Does Stilly give you snaps and does he give you effort? Does he give you knowledge? He does. Oh, yeah. and, and he's a big-time leader uh, for the football team. Now it comes down to being that dude he's got to on produce. third down. He does. He's got to produce, man. He's got to, he's got to make some plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he did early in his career as an outside linebacker when he was playing at 250. Yeah. Now he's stacked on that beef, and now it's let's get around the edge. Exactly. He just doesn't seem like he's been able to get over the hump. So. Well, and that's a tough ask. That hey, is. let's let's put a – you and I can both eat enough pizza and drink enough beer to put <laughs> 60 pounds on, uh, but we need to be able to move. You need to be able to get off the couch, which I wouldn't be able to then. <laughs> Getting off the couch is overrated. <laughs> that's right. Uh, let's talk about defensive line. Here is more from Coach Shenander. You're just going to have a lot of new faces. Everybody knows we've lost, you know, three guys that are in the NFL now. So uh, up front, there's going to be a lot of new faces. But I think Coach Tiotti's done a great job with those guys. You know, Ben Stilley's looking to have a great year. And Damian Daniels, um, some of those guys. And then some new faces, you know, like Ty, like Ty Robinson's going to have a big year. And I think a guy like, you know, Casey Rogers and DeAndre Thomas. Um, you're going to see a lot of faces rotating in and out of that defensive front, um, which is a good thing. So you're going to have bodies, Shuey. You're going to have rotation. Ty Robinson, somebody we're excited about on the defensive side of the ball. DeAndre Thomas is a kid who uh, not only redshirted voluntarily, but uh, he has slimmed down to be a defensive end, which is nice. But the guy I'm looking forward to uh, that didn't find a way into the SEC because of of JUCO and, and transcript, transition is is Keem Green and he's a guy who went to work on his body he's a guy who went to work with Zach Duvall he's a guy that is uh one of those talents that you can you can really put him inside but man he could be something special off the edge yeah it looks like it I mean there's a reason there's a reason why all SEC schools really were interested in him yeah you know and what's what's encouraging is that he kind of sat down and said you know what I need to change some things I Mm -hmm. need I need to get in shape I need to change my body so it's it's ready to be able to perform. So he kind of knows what he needed to do, and he went and did it. So I'm really excited about him, you know. Keem Green is, is one of those guys to watch along with Robinson. And, you know, the fact that Nebraska is going to be able to to rotate is, is going to be key. Uh, but again, it kind of comes down to taking that step. Uh, you'll have Stilly and you'll have Jordan Riley, Juco uh, talent. Uh, aside from uh, Terrell Farley and a Levante David, it's been rare to have a guy from a Juco season come right in 
and play at a high level right away. I mean, Baptiste did it in the yeah. secondary, but he even flipped positions. Uh, Dejon Gomes did it well. Haig was, and I, I'm not, I think Haig was a Juco. I might be wrong with that, but we can name some of the, the dudes that came in uh, for Nebraska off of a Juco uh, transfer and, and hit, and hit well. But for the most part, guys don't get here early enough yeah. uh, it's it's uh, an ongoing deep end of the pool situation trying to learn the defense and then then you've already burnt the year you have three yeah. years to play Honus wasn't bad but then he got hurt then he got hurt it was too bad because he was actually he's playing he, good ball he was he was coming on really nice that's just a tough ask i mean that's it's such a different animal mm-hmm. i don't care how high of a level juco ball you're playing that is not that is not playing against Wisconsin, you know, and playing no. against Ohio State. I mean, that's just a totally different animal that you just you're, they're not prepared for, you know, and the work and the demand and things like that. I mean, it just it takes time for most people to. Randy Gregory's the obvious miss when I'm with listing up exactly. people that came in and, and and did well, but yeah, uh, more from Coach Chenander, and uh, this is the spot because in this defense you gotta have. Uh, somebody off the edge. Think of Griffin at Central Florida. Exactly. Was a secondary guy. They converted the outside linebacker. Does Nebraska, and we'll talk more uh, about this with Derek Peterson coming up. We're here at Wilderness Ridge. Happy hour with Hale Varsity. We've got enough Hale Varsity Ale. Hale Ale from our friends at Kincater. We're surrounded by Hale Ale. Come get one out here. We're here till 6. But uh, more and another thought here from Coach Chenander with the outside backers. This is really the key in this defense. Here's Coach Chins. Yeah, I mean, you can see that uh, that group improving. And, uh, you know, he's got some, some guys that are, you know, fresh to uh, college football or, or at least uh, Big Ten football. You know, some guys coming from whether they're high school guys or, or junior college. Um, so they were kind of, um, you know, it, it, he was their first coach. So that was that's either good or bad, uh, depending on how you look at it. But he's done a great job with those guys. They, they improved. Uh, every day and week to week, and they've gotten so much better since um, we started at the beginning of the year. So that is uh, Coach Chenander on on some of the uh, uh, outside linebackers. I I believe – Elijah, was I right there? Did we get outside linebackers or was that – Chenander talking about Dawson? No, that was about outside linebackers. Do you want the Dawson cut? We have that too. I want the Dawson cut now. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's great to have uh, Mike back on the staff. You know, our whole staff has, has worked with him, um, you know, other than Tony, but we've all worked together at least for three years, a couple at, at Central Florida and, and then one at Nebraska. And then I had a history with him in the NFL. Um, but it's great to have him back. Just uh, I know him. I know his personality. He brings some energy to the group and some new ideas. Um, you know, and he's just a good guy to have around the building. So I'm, I'm real happy that we have him back. Last thought here from Coach Shenander uh, as we're kind of going through where the defense can grow and go in 2020 in the Big Ten, uh, in the wild west of college football in 2020 with the offenses putting up thousands of points and yards. Uh, let's let's hear from Coach Chenander just what is the ask when you look at JUCO talent and that learning curve. curve. Uh, Elijah, let's hear cut 10 here, bud. To be honest with you, most of the guys that – 
we've had, whether it be Nebraska or Oregon or Central Florida or any, anywhere we've been, um, even back to Northern Iowa, most of those guys that end up, you know, playing in the NFL or, or getting a shot, um, you know, those guys, you know, the first year, they're, they're, you know, kind of feeling things out and getting used to a new system and getting used to a new way of life. And that second year is kind of when most of them, you know, really come alive. So I, I think you got to be, you just got to be patient with those guys. You know, it really helps when you can recruit some guys that are, you know, three years to play two with the red shirt and they can go through that first year and get accustomed to everything. That is Coach Chenander on the uh, the JUCO transition. Thoughts on improved players. We'll hear more from uh, Coach Chenander as the show rolls forward. Mike Schuart sitting in. Uh, Chris Schmidt, we're here at Wilderness Ridge. Happy hour with Hale Varsity. Excited to be out here at Wilderness Ridge. We're here till 6 o'clock. We invite you out and uh, order yourself a Hale Ale from your friends at Kincater. Hale Varsity Ale. You've maybe tried it in the rail yard. Maybe you've tried a few in the rail yard they're in cans now and they are just absolutely fantastic uh just an just an amazing fall day here sunshine there are heaters here shuey's got the heater going do, and you don't really need it but you can take it shuey i'll take it and uh, Derek peterson's coming up uh, we'll talk some more nebraska football as hail varsity continues here at wilderness ridge we're presented by the nebraska lottery and we're back fellas think we could Listen to the radio. Listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out uh, out here at Wilderness Ridge, a road show Friday. It's happy hour with Hale Varsity, Chris Schmidt, Mike Schuhart, and uh, come on out. Just an amazing fall day. We're eight days away from kickoff, Nebraska at Ohio State. Sun shining. There are heaters up uh, if you need one. There is coverage, and, but why would you be covered? It, it is just beautiful outside, and uh, some folks are rolling through. The Hail Ale is here for you to purchase from Kincader. You can pour a beer, belly up, and enjoy, and Shuey, this would look good in my golf cart, brother. No question. All we, of that. And it, by the way, that heater feels really nice. The, the heater, is you've had to, to take the, the coat off. I did. Off. I had to take one of my layers <laughs> off. So You are layered up. I like it. Uh, we welcome in uh, with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, does an awesome do- job uh, covering Nebraska football. Great writer. Derek Peterson is with us. And Dr. PDHV on Twitter is where you follow him. Uh, so, uh, Derek, thanks for jumping on with us. we got to ask you this, a little fun Friday topic. If you had a, a smell uh, to pick for your mask, what would that smell be? Like a scented mask, what would that smell be, Dr. Petey? What in the world kind of question is this? <laughs> it's a non-football. Shuey's good. Shuey, I'm go. good, man. I had it right away. Which is? Popcorn. Okay. Okay. He's going gas station popcorn. I would go. Um, I would go Jack Daniels. Well, I have a um, I have a candle in my office uh, that I particularly love. That is peak mahogany. Oh, deep mahogany. Peak mahogany. So that that might be what I say. I like that. The deep mahogany. Right Who doesn't love deep mahogany? I know that just sounds kind of deep. It does. Is it soothing, the candle? Oh, it's great. Great. Okay. I'm a big candle so, guy, though, so we've got a bunch of them kind of scattered throughout the apartment. 
So can I trade you 78 pumpkin spice scented candles that live at my home for one of your deep mahogany? <laughs> Uh, no, you cannot, because pumpkin spice is trash, and I it uh, is. <laughs> will not argue about this one. Yeah, he's too smart for that. He doesn't want any part of that. Uh, well, Derek, uh, man, eight days away. Eight days away. Let's mm-hmm. dive into some football uh, and, and scented masks. Uh, let, let me get your thoughts here on just where, where you're at here as practice is wind, winding down. And it's it's game week, man. Uh, Monday, with quarterback play, how do you assess you know the decision that's going on? I I think uh, Adrian's a, a guy that's go, gonna give it the the shot once he once Nebraska takes the field in Columbus. So I think he'll he'll win the job. He's got to keep the job, and that's what's really intriguing and. And interesting here. What, what's your viewpoint and your take on the on the Husker quarterback situation as uh, we move forward here? For it's going to be a crazy 2020. Why not throw a little bit of a curveball here and there to to Ohio State with prep work when it comes to quarterback play? How did I know that you were going to ask me about quarterback first? <laughs> because um, I love talking quarterbacks. <laughs> um, I mean, it's obviously the biggest storyline with Nebraska right now. Um, I think, you know, we talked about this and this topic only on, on the podcast this week. Um, I, I, I said all off season long, I've written, I've said it on your show, I've said it on podcasts that I think Adrian is due for a bounce back. Um, I believe in Adrian Martinez as a quarterback. I think, um, I think a lot of what happened last year, he's not the only person to blame for what happened last year, Um, extenuating circumstances, whatever. I think Mike Mike Babcock said this here earlier this week on your show or or last week where he said that um, it's Adrian's job to lose and it's Adrian's job to lose on the field. Uh, And I I agree with that. Um, But I do think that after, after what Frost said this week on, what was that, Tuesday, the comment about how the offense operates exceptionally well when Luke McCaffrey is at quarterback, I think that quote um, caught everybody's attention and the, the use of the word exceptionally as opposed to just he moves it well. Um, I think after, you know, I don't think I'm reading too much into this. I think after the last year, year and a half or so of Frost dealing with the media and talking to people and just talking about his team in general, um, You've heard him kind of rein things in a little bit. He's not effusive with his praise as often as maybe he was when he first got here. He's guarded with his words maybe more so than he was when he first got here. Um, he's he's kind of, you know, he makes those comments of, like, I'm careful to say too much because people will run with it if I do. Like, I think that some of that is, is just, you know, him learning about how people interpret what he says. Um, so I think for him to use the word exceptional, I think is, is, isn't a mistake. Um, so I think what you've seen happen as my dog barks, um, I think what you've seen happen is I don't think it's a case of Nebraska not having a clear cut number one quarterback. I think it's a case of Nebraska having two guys that are really good. Um, I don't think it's, 
you know, I don't think that this is a competition a week before the season says anything bad about Adrian. I think it says everything good about Luke, that Luke um, came in as a true freshman and worked his tail off to learn the offense, worked his tail off to, to get comfortable with the playbook. Um, and, you know, he got to play as a, as a true freshman and not just at quarterback, but at wide receiver. And I think this offseason, he didn't rest on his laurels. He continued to work. He, he continued to bring that same kind of work ethic. Um, even when things were, were a bit up in the air, he talked about working with his brother at home. Um, and I think he came back, and I think he's really pushing Adrian. And, you know, I, I still think at the end of the day, it's probably it, – I, I still think it's going to be Adrian. Um, but, you know, I, I have never been <clears> – <throat> closer to 50-50 on this um, than I have in the last week. Um, Frost talking about the quarterback competition really, you know, for the first time I thought wow uh, Luke might actually have a shot at this. So how long of a leash does Adrian have, do you think? (laughs) That's a question too, isn't it? Yeah. um, It's a good question. I don't know. I, because you know the the unanswerable question for us in all of this is put this as, as succinctly as possible if if you believe that Luke is the better runner, which I think I, I would say that Luke is a more dynamic playmaker in the ground game, so advantage Luke McCaffrey in, in the, the rushing department, then it comes down to passing. We have twelve in-game throws to base our assumptions or expectations of McCaffrey as a passer off of, and even those 12 throws aren't much. So he, he would have to blowing everybody away in practice as a passer for it to be, I don't know. See, I, I don't know. I, I think... You know, there's more of the potential now for it to be a two-quarterback system than I maybe ever thought there would be when Frost got here because he's been pretty outspoken about the fact that he's not a fan of two-quarterback systems up until about a week ago. Um, <laughs> so it, it's – I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at Ohio State because even against that defense, um, you know, if they come out and – Let's say Ohio State gets the ball first. They go down the field, uh, you know, blaze of glory and score seven really, really quickly. And all of a sudden, Nebraska's kind of on its heels a little bit rolling. Ohio State gets a three and out. It's fired up to play. Then they go score again. The game gets out of hand pretty quickly. I mean, you can't – how do you really know what you have? You can't. Um, if, if it gets through two games and it looks like Adrian is – Adrian of last year instead of Adrian of 2018, then you probably make a change, maybe. Um, but again, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's going to happen. Derek Peterson's with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. We're out here at Wilderness Ridge on the deck. Gorgeous fall afternoon. Sun is shining. There's heaters out here as well. The brilliance of fall colors. And eight days from kickoff. Derek, I got about uh, two and a half minutes here, and I, I think with Adrian, the the running part is is so key for him because he played better when he ran, and you saw that uh, in in overtime or, or in in a, a tight fourth quarter against Colorado, 
that was Nebraska's mm-hmm. best offense in the red zone was the quarterback uh, draw with Hymas pulling and leading the way. The Illinois game, of course, that thing was a shootout, and Adrian was money as, as a runner there. I, I, You just don't know, and you feel for the guy because he's been so injury-plagued, uh, not only at Nebraska, but just battling to get uh, through his senior year. That was shoulder. That wasn't leg-related, but... I just hope he can play free and fearless running the ball because I think that's the ask. Right now you've got a guy in McCaffrey that plays free running. You just don't know how polished is he as a, as a thrower, and he's made a jump as a thrower. I think we can all like nod our head and say, yeah, that's something to read into off the comments we've gotten from, from coaches and, and teammates. So uh, it'll be uh, all about Adrian and his mental toughness and that experience he has. So I don't think you're wrong in thinking a bounce back can happen and is likely. And the other part here, uh, who's going to be his best friend on offense? We'll leave it here about a minute here, Derek. Who's who's Adrian's best friend on offense to, to help uh, ease ease him having to do it all? Um, Wandell. Okay. Um, Wandell should, should have a big year. Uh, if if he sticks it in that kind of slot receiver spot, and they don't you know overwork him at running back, which I think they did last year, um, mm-hmm. he should be able to stay healthy, barring something unforeseen happening. Um, so, Wandale is going to be a big big piece of the offense. Dedrick Mills is going to be a big big piece of the offense. Look like you said with the running thing. I think if you if you have an offense that's a run first offense, if you have a group that stays on schedule that doesn't put your quarterback in, in disadvantageous situations, I think Adrian can be really good. If you get him in a situation where, you know, maybe you're a 60-40 run team um, or, or close to that and you're running the ball successfully and you're setting up third and shorts or you're setting up play action passes then then really what Adrian has to do is is he has to hit those swing passes he has to hit screen passes he has to get it two guys on target um, and not like behind them or you know not in time um, and then you can Derek, I'm, up against, I'm up against a break pocket. sorry brother I got to jump in but I, I think you're right on with uh, with how okay. it needs to happen brother we'll talk next week thanks for jumping on with us Sounds good, man. Thanks. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hanging out here at Wilderness Ridge. A roadshow Friday happy hour with Hale Varsity. Chris Schmidt. Mike Schuhart. Shuey is here. And I, you know what? There's duct tape, and I've even tranked his ankle so he cannot get away. <laughs> uh, we are uh, enjoying a just an, an amazing fall Friday here. Uh, happy hour with Hale Varsity. We invite you out here till 6 and uh, get some food, get some drinks. The uh, Hale Varsity Ale, Hale Ale, uh, was down in the rail yard on tap, and it was, it, it is incredible. Uh, it's now in cans, and uh, we welcome in the brain behind it all, Cody Schmick from uh, Kincader Brewing. Cody, it's awesome to talk with you. And uh, thanks for jumping on with us here on, uh, on a happy hour with Hale Varsity. How are you? Man, thanks so much for having me, guys. This is uh, this has been a fun release, and I appreciate you guys uh, chatting with us about it a bit. 
Well, we like uh, sampling beer, and we've, we've got a, a lot of hail, ale, ale in front of us, Matt, and uh, we're so excited, uh, you know, Nebraska family and, uh, you know, Broken Bow and what you've been able to do with, with your expertise in, in brewing, and you've made a lot of Nebraska fans smile with, uh, with your product. Give us the story, Cody, if you don't mind, uh, not only about um, just what your passion is with beer here, but... Uh, the creation of, of Hail Ale, if you don't mind uh, letting the listeners yeah. know. Yeah, you bet. So Kincaider started um, in 2014. Uh, we uh, went from four of us guys out in Broken Bow that loved beer, and, and we started growing this thing. We've got 100 people on the team and, and four locations now and, and just growing it like crazy throughout the state. Um, it's been a, been a ton of fun, and, and the Nebraska beer scene has just exploded over the last five years as we've uh, – you know, we're, we're six years old now, and we really have been a part of that and, and seen a lot of great breweries pop up, and, and uh, everybody loves a Nebraska product. So, um, you know, the history with this, this particular beer is uh, Chris Gorman is part of the uh, Hale Varsity team, a good buddy of mine. Me and Chris have probably known each other, oh, shoot, at least 15 years, maybe longer. And uh, we actually met again, reconnected after, I bet I hadn't seen him for seven, eight years, and we reconnected at a Husker football game, actually. So we were, uh, he was down on the field running around with Hale Varsity, and, and I had, uh, I had uh, snagged some pretty good seats, and so I got down there, I said, Chris, what are you doing? And we started talking, <laughs> and he said, and we exchanged numbers again. I mean, we were still Facebook friends, but we had, uh, didn't have each other's current numbers. We started chatting about this idea of doing a collaboration with Hale Varsity and Cater. And uh, it came to fruition last year in the form of a draft beer, and it performed really well. So Chris called me early, and he said, hey, uh, earlier this year, and he said, hey, I think, uh, I think Nebraskans are ready for this in a can. So, uh, so we put it out. Um, it's fairly limited this year, uh, about 1,200 cases. It literally sold uh, within about oh, 48 hours of, uh, to the distributors and to the, to the retailers. There's still some out there. People can find it. Hy-Vee's went big with us. I think mm-hmm. Hy-Vee's bought the, the lion's share of it. But it's just a good, crushable, clean, crisp beer. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's something that you can crack anytime. You know, we really wanted to put it in a can because we felt like that lended more towards that tailgating and, and that. And I, you know, everybody's, everybody's kind of feeling that Husker season a little bit this year. I know we're just getting a, a small taste of it. But we thought, you know what, let's get this beer out and see what we can do with it. Cody Schmick is with us, Kincader Brewing, uh, proud Nebraskan, the Hale Ale, now in a can, and he said it is chewy, crushable. I like it. I, I love <laughs> it. I love it. So, Cody, I mean, talk to me here. Are you you're counting down with the rest of us eight days away, a week from tomorrow. Are you uh, pretty geared up for, for finally football getting here? Yes, man. Gosh, hi, Husker season. You know, there's nothing like – getting downtown in the hay market i go down every every husker game day i go down about 7 7 a.m and and get ready you know we got our place in the hay market right next mm-hmm. to the rail yard there and and uh, so yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw uh, um, some tables up and we can expand our area i know right next to the rail yard doing some great stuff with the game too so we're we just want to invite people down to the hay market. There's plenty of room to spread out. There's plenty of room to social distance outside. I mean, let's, let's enjoy this game together and cheer on these Huskers, even though we can't be in the stands. 
Hey, Cody, Mike Schuhart here. Hey, how? a couple questions. How do you come up with your different kind of flavors and tastes of your beer? You guys do that as a team? Or yeah, that's a great question. So we've got um, ideas. Yeah, we we brew about fifty different styles of beers a year. Um, a lot of it comes from just experimentation over the years. So our our brew team, even before we were a brewery, before we were actually Kincaider, um, two of my partners had about a thirty. 35 years combined brewing experience and they they've made a lot of bad beers over those those home brewing years and then they made some great ones too and luckily we, we they got all that you know you can't replace time right so they had a bunch of time to figure out a lot of this we haven't even scratched the surface of the beers that danny has brewed but then we brought in this younger guy jesse uh jesse is absolutely killing it he's got a passion for the business um, but uh, these guys, those three guys, I would say, come up with the recipes. Barry and I, um, we, uh, we have to sign off on everything, and we, we, um, we're kind of on the front end of the business, and we're seeing this stuff. But, but we, we really make sure that three of our four partners sign off on a beer before it goes out in the market because, you know, even, even though Nebraska's craft beer scene is booming right now, it's still somewhat in its infancy stages compared to the coast. And so the worst thing we could do right now is everybody start putting out bad beers. So we really make sure that when we brew a beer, it's, you know, it's okay to be experimental, but we want to make sure that we get something that's really solid and, and um, uh, true to, to what the style is, but still has our spin on it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a culmination of a whole group of, group of folks that are working together. Like I said, we got 100 people on the team. And honestly, every one of them throws in their two cents. We do, we do some, some brainstorming sessions where our teams will just get together and drink beer and talk about what styles are we're going to try next. And then we test batch everything. We go from a 10-barrel batch to a 500-barrel batch to a 2,000-gallon batch. So, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been fun. I want that job, man. I get to sit around and drink beer. How good is that? Everybody wants a beer-tasting job, but if I give that away, then I'm, I'm without a job at that point. So That's pretty good. Cody Schmick is with us and uh, part of Kincader. Uh, Hail Ale now in a can. And uh, get it at your favorite place to get beer. Get it at Kincader, their tap room. You can get it here at Wilderness Ridge. We've got uh, three six-packs in front of us, and we are ready to dive in. Cody. Just the can, man. The can's fantastic. It it is. It makes you want to drink a beer right now. Well, we'll we'll do that, (laughs) I promise you. Cody, we'll see you soon, and thanks for giving us a few minutes, and thanks for your passion and uh, what you're doing for for Nebraska fans with uh, an incredible beer. Thanks so much, fellas, and uh, go Huskers. Take care. That's uh, Cody Schmick with Kincader. Hail, hail, baby. Love it. And I had that on tap uh, down in the rail yard, now in the can, and uh, it's out here at Wilderness. We're here at Wilderness for another hour, but if you know what? You, you're, getting, you're in the car. You're picking Junior up from daycare, or, or maybe you're unbuttoning that top button. You did get to go into work, or... You're, you're stuck in your home office because you're zooming in. Uh, it is open air. It is sunshine. There's a heater here. The menu is second to none. The food is incredible. Oh, uh, there's beer, a plenty. Come see us here at Wilderness Ridge. Make it a night out on the deck. As Mike Schuart sitting in, Chris Schmidt, uh, Roadshow Friday, happy hour with Hale Varsity. Bill Dolman's coming up. A quick timeout will wind down. Hour one, it's Hale Varsity, and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Well, this makes my day. It is horns down, and it's uh, Barry Switzer uh, <laughs> with the boss. Uh, they are going, and, and Roy Williams, uh, horns down. So, uh, Barry uh, Switzer, coach, just celebrated the birthday here uh, beginning of last week. Uh, and he is still reveling in, in uh, that <laughs> that overtime thriller uh, where there were no fans, very, very few fans at the Texas State Fair. That was funny uh, to see uh, Boz and Switzer <laughs> doing the horns down. We're out here at Wilderness Ridge. It's happy hour with Hale Varsity, Chris Schmidt, Mike Schuhart, and uh, we invite you out. We're here till 6. And uh, that is awesome. Uh, the happy hour part is very happy. The uh, uh, Kincader folks are incredible. Their hail ale is out here available in a can. I think Joe Mama is going to have one here in a little bit. Yep, she's t- yep. my mom's having a cocktail, and she's like, hey, you're not. Uh, so that's outstanding. So uh, we invite you out here to join us. We're on till 6, but uh, we're going to be hanging out uh, a little bit later into the evening. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to join the show. Uh, we're excited to uh, to talk some football. We'll uh, get some NBA thoughts uh, from Bill Dolman when it comes to Ty Lue yeah. getting the Clipper job. Uh, Bill spent four years as the uh, voice of the Houston Rockets. And, uh, of course, Billy D, the pride of Fairbury, will have some uh, some thoughts for sure. Uh, on Nebraska football, Shuey, we'll d- we'll dive into a little NFL. I'm thinking uh, in the the 5:20 portion of the show because you got Brady versus Rogers I know, going upset. on, and then the uh, Pride of Chicago, Danny Burke, Burke's best bets at 5:40. Reminder: If you're moving, uh, we invite you to check out our friends at West Blue Realty. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding community. When you mention Hale Varsity with West Blue Realty, they can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a call. Tom's fan- just fantastic. 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly's outstanding. Give Kelly a, a ring today at 402 202 2312. It pays to work with West Blue. West Blue Realty. Dot com 1120 K Street Suite 200. Shuey, we will uh, no doubt spend a little bit of time too. The course uh, here at Wilderness, the championship course is immaculate. The talent course is phenomenal, although it still likes to punch me in the face when I putt. And you guys got so much going on here uh, for the upcoming uh, uh, season uh, and just expansion galore. We'll wind down. Uh, a, a show shortly this first hour. It's Hale Varsity and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for spending time at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mike Schuhart. We are still doing the happy hour with Hale Varsity out at Wilderness Ridge Road Show Friday. Here's Junior. Junior has just entered the premises, and Junior still hasn't gotten a freaking haircut. (laughs) 
He needs to start wearing a skateboard, too. <laughs> Anywho, Junior's here. It's good to see my, my, my little guy. But uh, we are here at, uh, at Wilderness, and, man, just, a, just an incredible fall day. The colors are beautiful. The weather is perfect. There's folks uh, losing golf balls. There's guys winning money, allegedly. Oh, yeah. Uh, out on the green. I bet you there's a few beers being well, there's, there's consumed people, out there as people well. People are ordering the Hail Ale from Kincaider as uh, that is now released in cans. Your friends at Wilderness have it. Uh, IV's got it. But uh, Kincaider Brewing, uh, the, the just fantastic folks from Broken Bow, Nebraska. They are great at what they do. We talked to Cody from Kincaider in hour one. And, yeah, so uh, as soon as the show's done, I'm going to have me a, a Hail Ale, Shuey. Okay. And I know a man who wants beer from Nebraska right now as he's not far from the People's Republic of Boulder. The uh, pride <laughs> of Fairbury is Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. Billy D., how are you? Are you uh, counting the days down? Are you ready for kickoff? What's going on? Well, I'm very excited about uh, the, the fact that the Huskers are going to take the field in, what, uh, about eight days, and it'll be nice to uh, – to follow a sport that comes from the United States as opposed to those of us who live outside the U.S. here in Colorado. <laughs> I bet. So you've been pent up. You've been waiting patiently. There's football that's back eight days away. Dolman, are you nervous about the black shirt D based on how football's gone? Offenses have scored. Bama had 48 put up on him last week by Lane. Uh, are you feeling okay? I mean, what's your optimism level? Uh, well, let me, let me answer that in two parts. First of all, no, I'm not excited about the black shirts because now we're back to stealing Lincoln Northeast High School football uniform. <laughs> oh, my God, so you are going uh, off on the uniform. Alternate uh, uniform Saturday, whenever that is going to be, and I hope and pray to the love of God that that only happens on road games. But I know a few years ago we stole them from Lincoln High, and now we're stealing them from Lincoln Northeast. I don't know what the homage is to these Lincoln high schools that Nebraska has to wear, alternate uniforms. But thank God, uh, I shouldn't say that, please God, don't let us ever go back to the purple maroon uniforms where nobody had any idea why we were wearing those. So that's my thoughts on black shirt. Now, as far as college football defenses, it appears to me watching the first few weeks that a lot of teams have decided to implement the option defense and opting not to play defense this year. Uh, it's been pathetic. And I think for a team, you know, like Nebraska or even Ohio State or whatever the case might be, I would imagine that you have had coaches gathering their players around the old RCA and Zenith and saying, watch this, because you have got to be dialed in defensively because I think, well, I think, you know, the preparation for this college football season, as dysfunctional as it has been, has affected the defenses more because there are a lot of teams that are not prepared, don't appear to be prepared to play on Saturdays. And that's why you're seeing some unbelievably high scores, uh, you know, by in, in the games. And, you know, Ole Miss and, um, and, and Alabama, I mean, it's just incredible to see the points that are being given up by teams that traditionally, whether – Defense is their strong suit or not. They're giving up tons of points. And I think that's a bad trend for them as those teams try to find their defenses. I'm not going to talk about LSU, by the way. 
Um, That's fine. But uh, I think for the, I think for the teams like Nebraska and the Big Ten that are getting a late start, I, I, as difficult as it is to to get into the season, I, I think that has given them an opportunity to say, look, it's going to take some time to get into it physically because it just does to play football. But mentally, you have to be on assignment as soon as we kick off on Saturday uh, and play sound assignment football defensively, or we're going to see more basketball scores. Bill, Mike Schuhart here. Hey, who are you most uh, intrigued or interested to see play this year? For Nebraska? For Nebraska. You know, I, I go back to the kid that I said has been Scott Frost's most important recruit, and that's Garrett Nelson. Wow. I know everybody is, was, you know, we all love Adrian Martinez, and we love Luke McCaffrey and Wandale Robinson and – you know, we're excited. We're hoping that Omar Manning is there and, you know, Alante Brown, all these guys. But I have said, you know, from the beginning that Garrett Nelson is the most important recruit for Scott Frost is because he is the one that has, uh, you know, really, I think, instilled in Nebraska kids that this is our program. And he, and he came on strong at the end of last year, uh, got a couple of starts, I think, got a black shirt. Uh, I know he had his shoulder cleaned up and was held out of physical uh, contact. But I'm anxious to see him at a position where Nebraska needs to have some strength, and that's at the outside rush position to get to the quarterback. But I'm excited to see him in his growth from his freshman year to his sophomore year um, because I really think the passion that he has for the game, the passion that he has for Nebraska, for the program, his dad's an alum, you know, all of that. I, I, just, I just think that that kid is so important in so many ways. And I hope to see the maturity and the growth as well as this being physically healthy at a, at a key position. You know, Nebraska's got to put pressure on the quarterback. Bill Dolman's with us, the pride of Fairbury NBC Sports. It's Hale Varsity Radio on the road at Wilderness Ridge uh, here. Happy hour with Hale Varsity. Uh, beautiful fall Friday. Come on out, see us here till 6. Wasn't that, uh, well, it's been a while, but uh, Billy D, there are a few average Joe shows out here on the deck when Wilderness opened, brother. And uh, it's uh, as scenic and beautiful as ever. We're not far from kickoff. Garrett Nelson in that Nebraska heartbeat you talk about, very key. Bill, spend a second on on the quarterback spot, and you're in the, in the McCaffrey area uh, with uh, with the dad, the brothers, the family, and you know now we're into week two. With to be honest, just. Uh, more intrigue and, and you've heard scott talk this week uh about the the quarterback spot and you know what what are you uh interpreting from coach uh, about that here as far as dare i say it a two quarterback system and who knows if that that happens but uh, again a good problem to have with with both these guys uh being able to run and throw the football and I think it's legitimate. I don't think that they're just saying, well, uh, Lucas played well and is really pushing Adrian, but we all know, wink, wink, that uh, Adrian's the guy. I, I legitimately think that, uh, that you know, that McCaffrey probably has come into camp and provided a, a great competition for the starting spot. And I said this last week, I, I think that Nebraska is in the unusual position of being able to play McCaffrey in multiple ways and, and I don't think you're going to see uh, one guy win the job and the other one guy stand on, the other guy stand on the sidelines and hold a clipboard. I think if, if Adrian Martinez is the starting quarterback, and I anticipate that that's going to be the case, 
and I'll, and I'll say why in just a moment, but I really think that, that McCaffrey provides so many other uh, intangible ways that you can use him, uh, either carrying the ball, catching the ball, throwing the ball out of formation and trick plays, whatever. I think you'll see McCaffrey, if he's not the starter, play maybe 20 to 30% of the snaps, and some will be at quarterback. Uh, the reason why I think Adrian Martinez is probably going to get the start on Saturday is that he's seen Ohio State. You know, he, he's, he's seen him twice now. He's familiar with the speed. He's familiar with the athleticism. He had an awful game last year. He had a great game two years ago, but he was awful last year because Ohio State knew what his tendencies were. But I, I just think that to put McCaffrey in there as the starting quarterback, he's not playing Thunder Ridge. He's not playing Highlands Ranch High. He's not playing Cherry Creek. You know, so to say you're going to be our starter on week one, uh, by the way, these guys on the other side of the field are really fast and really big. Now, Chase Young isn't there this year, thank God. But I just think that experience of having faced Ohio State a couple of times gives Adrian the edge going into this week's game. You know, Luke had some uh, playing time last year, but not going into Columbus to start. And I I think that's really that experience of, of having faced that speed before. And knowing that you can play well against them, even though last year was awful, I, I think that's maybe why Adrian gets the opportunity. But this is not going to be a system, you know, where it's like the NFL, like the four-year case of the flu brought in, um, where you're the starter and the other guy doesn't take any snaps, ever. I, I think Luke McCaffrey is going to be an integral part of Nebraska's offense this year, whether he's the starting quarterback or not. I don't think that you have that versatility with Martinez. I think if, if Luke starts, I don't think you see Martinez near as much in, in a versatile role. Bill Dolman's with us, pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. It's happy hour with Hale Varsity out here at Wilderness Ridge on the deck. An amazing fall Friday. Bill, uh, with Coach Frost and the, um, the, the, the year three part of this discussion, uh, there's more familiarity. There's some guys on defense that know the system. There's guys on offense that get it uh, we talked about this in hour one I want you to take now just because of how unique the quarterback spot is it's a reality not only with the transfer portion of it in today's college football but also the psyche side of things and Scott knows about it well because he had to live through it with the fans and the Frankie London situation how careful is he at the quarterback spot? And I know he wants to win. Team first. I get it. But uh, he's uniquely uh, capable of, of managing this quarterback situation, isn't he, because of living through it? I mean, that's that's the minefield I'm wondering about uh, moving forward. Well, I, I think that the, that both Adrian and, and Luke um, and the Smothers kid, Logan Smothers, I think you got to throw him in there because they've been very high on him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that there has to be a trust factor that those quarterbacks have with him um, that he's telling them the truth and that they can rely on him to have you know their best interests as well as the team's best interests. And I, and I don't think there's any question that, that Scott has the trust of his football team just based on the way he has conducted himself in this uh, odd year of 2020. And I think it's one of the reasons why Nebraska, you know, whether it's the court, who the quarterback is, I think Nebraska is going to be better um, in a better frame of mind to play than we have seen from other teams going into this season because I think Scott has had them in a fighting mode ever since that mid-August press conference when he said, we want to play. 
And I think those players at that moment realized our coach is fighting for us. You know, he's not just, you know, wanting to get out there and, and you know, throw out some uh, sound bites like most of the other coaches did. And I like James Franklin a lot, but I think that's kind of what it was with Penn State was, yeah, we want to play, but Scott's out there fighting for his team to play football. And I think that moment gave Nebraska a competitive edge mentally that our coach is fighting for us. We're going to fight for him and we're going to be prepared when they tell us that we're going to go play. And so I think that that has, you know, has given Nebraska an edge in terms of its competitive readiness. And and going back to the quarterbacks, I think that, you know, Adrian probably realizes that I've got to be in a, I'm in a competitive battle. And Luke certainly knows what it's like to be in a competitive battle because it comes from a football family. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Wilderness Ridge, Roadshow Friday, Happy Hour with Hale Varsity. Billy D, got a, about 90 seconds here. I want to get your, ta- your, your thoughts here uh, on Ty Lu and the Clippers. Uh, can he uh, do what's not been done with the other L.A. team? And I know he's a, he's a doc disciple, but he's also won and won a title. And he's got to beat LeBron. He also helped win with LeBron. What do you think of the hire by uh, one of Nebraska's finest uh, getting another shot for another ring? Well, I, first of all, I congratulate the Nebraska Alumni Association uh, for having another uh, uh, an opportunity to, to dip into that well with the contract he's going to sign. <laughs> Um, but uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I think it's a great I think it's a great opportunity for for Lou because you have two of the premier players in the league. I, I don't think that George and Kawhi meshed in the playoffs, but look, nobody was meshing in anything in the playoffs given the situation in the NBA. They need one more piece to that puzzle, and I and I know Kawhi Leonard led them in scoring, led them in rebounds, led them as assists. And they list Pat Beverly as their point guard, but I think they need a – they're not going to get Chris Paul, I don't think. But they, I think they need a point guard on the floor to, to help them out. I think they need one more big piece to the puzzle. Well, this year was not a good year, even though they had a decent record, and, and pandemic aside. But I think for mm-hmm. him, having been an assistant, having been with Doc – and let's face it, it, it happens in the NBA, typically, unless you're Popovich – your time just draws to an end. And that's kind of where they were with Doc Rivers. You know, he had, he had a great run there for a while, probably should have won a title in there, didn't. But I think it was just time for them to part ways. And now you've got a guy coming in that Kawhi trusts, that Paul George trusts. That's, that's of the utmost importance in the NBA is the trust of the superstars. Um, and, and Ty knows how to do that. He did it in Cleveland. That's why, that's why they won. He knew how to manage LeBron. And I think if they can get one more good piece to the puzzle, especially at the point guard spot, because Pat Beverly's not a, a dishing, he's not an offensive point guard, he's a defensive mm-hmm. player. That's what, that's what I really think that they need. And uh, I think they'll be right back in the thick of it again, and, and they probably should be the best team in L.A. Um, and then I think we'll find out in the next year or two if they are with him. Bill, 10 seconds, ultimate villains, or, man, you're frustrated with the Astros. But 10 seconds. Villains. 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 Total villains. Love Lots it. of stories Billy we can D, tell for the is, director's cut. It Cheaters. is going to be on a week from today. Nebraska, Ohio State. Appreciate you jumping on. It's always great to talk to you, Bill. All right, Dale. Good to talk to you. Thanks for the free beer when it comes my way. It's also the free golf when I come to Wilderness Ridge. Thanks, guys. Oh, you got it. Pride of Fairbury. <laughs> There's Bill Dolman. Chime in, 
888-346-9466. ESPN. Or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. All right, here at uh, Wilderness Ridge, happy hour with Hale Varsity rolling forward on a just an amazing fall Friday. The sun is drenching the leaves behind me that are gold and green and red and orange. Uh, somebody right now hit the tee shot of their life, and they followed that up with the second shot of their life. Think of Caddyshack where the priest is having the, um, the just the most amazing round. The difference is there's no clouds in the sky here to ruin it or, or cause you problems with the Almighty later. Yeah, he'll figure out how to ruin it, though. He'll <laughs> five-putt the last hole. <laughs> Mike Shuart is riding shotgun today. Shuart, I love doing shows with you, bud. It's awesome to, to spend an afternoon with you out here at Wilderness on the deck. And uh, the Big Ten releasing, drum roll, please, the full list of Big Ten preseason honors. Oh, boy. As follows. Your uh, defensive lineman uh, from the East is going to be Quiddy Payne from Michigan. Fair enough. Fair enough. Wyatt Davis, offensive guard from Ohio State. Not shocking. Justin Fields, the quarterback. Not of, shocking. Of, of players to watch. Sean Wade, of course. Not shocking. back in. And then uh, Pat uh, Fryermuth uh, from Penn State. He's one of those Kasicki-type guys. Gasicki. Gasicki-type uh, stretch uh, tight end basketball players that they're going to throw 50-50 balls to. Exactly. They in, love that guy. In, in Happy Valley. For the West Division, Rashad Bateman. No shocker there no at shock. wideout. Tanner Captain Morgan. Quarterback <laughs> for Minnesota. Patty Fisher has been in school 700 years. It was Zebby Lethridge. It is now Patty Fisher. That's like has been in school for 400 years. The Buster Rhymes, man. He right. Was 15 years, I think he was eligible. He to play. was, and and Buster and that damn wingback. Exactly. I mean, Buster was there like as a freshman uh, on the uh, the hook and ladder. Yeah. And and Buster was trying to upend the scoring explosion in '83. <laughs> I don't know. George Buster Rhymes, he not was, the rapper. I swear, 15 years he was in school. Okay. Uh, bigger heartbreaker, is that Buster or was it Elvis Peacock? Elvis should have stayed in Miami. Yeah, it was Elvis Peacock. He just did it. Yeah. And then how about our old buddy Dean Blevins coming in off the bench and doing that? Oh, man. How did you make it through the 70s with, was, with, with, with Oklahoma and Sooner Magic? It was tough. Keith Jackson, remember that? Oh, the, that, the all-red game, yeah. I'll never forget that one, that one. That was that would hurt horrific. I, I remember my mom and dad, like, just, they were there, so they were not happy when they got home and <laughs> made sure my room was clean. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that game with my dad, man, and it was yeah. like, we just looked at each other and, like, you, you what like, just happened? You can't believe it, but you kind of believe it? Yes. Yeah. It's best like, best story ever from Barry was in Switzer, and Elijah's probably got this thing, was Switzer talking about, he's like, I got a coyote and a beaver jacket. He's like, <laughs> Jamel flew up. Charles Thompson started for me. You know, like, yeah, yeah, just keep dropping option quarterback <laughs> wizards that exactly. you, were, you were deep with. It's like Urban saying, yeah, we're going with this Tebow guy over this Cam Newton character. <laughs> but 
but he's like, yeah, Chris, uh, once upon a time, everyone thought you got a, a fur coat when you came to Oklahoma because <laughs> Jamel forgot his coat, and it was uh, – five degrees in Lincoln the day after Thanksgiving in 87 and Jamel busted his collarbone and, and Charles is running my wishbone and the ABC cameras caught uh, caught Jamel on the sideline. Look what you get when you come to Oklahoma. <laughs> beaver jacket. Little beaver jacket. That's hilarious. Uh, more players to watch. Patty Fisher at Northwestern. Rondale Moore. Listen, man, I'm excited to see uh, a what what Minnesota's got back with Bateman? They're they're a fun team. Yeah, they're a beatable team. They, they got some you, weapons though. They do. You want to talk about just catching momentum and getting that that signature win in a third year? It was a case in point for PJ Fleck. I think they got their confidence against Nebraska, and then they felt like they could beat anybody after the way they they got physical against Nebraska last year. And, and then what happened? Then they get their win against Penn State. Penn State was 0 for 4 in the red zone that game. Yeah. Three turnovers. But you'll take it. Oh, yeah. And then they're finished, though. They didn't beat Wisconsin, and Iowa nipped them. So they, they, they lost two of their last four. Uh, not consecutively. They, they beat Penn State. They, they lost to, um, to Iowa on the road. Tight, tough ball game. And then you, you, Wisconsin wanted payback something fierce. But Minnesota's there offensively. They're still really good. And then with Rondale Moore back, that guy's so much fun to watch. To watch him go off yeah, like he did against Ohio State. He can do so many things so many ways, and it's just it's fun when you have a guy like that that can just absolutely beat you kind of however he wants to. Jack Sanborn rounds it out when it comes to um, the uh, – Sanborn rounds out the, the defense. So <laughs> – We've got Adam who tweets in, why aren't we talking about the impact that modern tar- modern targeting rules, including penalties and injections, are having on young players' desire to play on the defensive side of the ball or forcing the best athletes to offense even more than the normal draw touching the football? That's a good question, Adam. That is a good question. That is. I think, honestly... And Adam, uh, credit to you, Herb at Herb Husker. That's uh, that's fair. I don't know defensively. They need like a, an A and a B when it comes to targeting, where you're not gone for half a game. You need a, it's almost like a technical foul, okay? Where you you get a warning. Yeah, like to me, you you get to watch the replay of that, right? There's no way you cannot tell me that you can see you can see intention. If somebody's intended to, to target, right? you know, you got, uh, I remember Nate Gary when he was targeted. He was trying to tackle you. Yeah, that's trying not, to kill that is you. not targeting. The, the Miami kids, that three of them got ejected in that 2015 game. Yeah. They were trying to break your jaw that's against, against Riley. Yeah, and it's, to me. I Brandon mean, Riley. And I'm not a, obviously a umpire or anything, mm-hmm. but it's like pretty obvious to me is that guy was, is intending to do that or just trying to make a tackle and and he happened to hit him with the crown of the helmet or a portion of it it's just it's a too it's too vague i mean it's this and it's too severe of a punishment when they when they call it so it's like you got to give them some gray area in there to be able to make some judgment on on what is actually targeting and what is just a basic penalty Adam followed up on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Mike Schuart. 
My kid's going to hurt his neck flipping that hair. He looks good, though, man. Um, scoring. And Barnett hit on this earlier in the week, Adam and Chewy. It's, it started five or six years ago uh, with just the, the contact portion of things. You're not tackling as much in practice. Nope. And to, uh, to Adam's tweet point about rules and, and defense, you're not getting the fundamentals down. You're not tackling. You're not going live like you used to. And that's, that's an issue. I think you're, you're seeing Isaiah Simmons, case in point, when we talk hybrid guys, he loved hitting. He loved playing defense. An Omaha kid that ended up in Kansas City. Region and Clemson got, and, and now he was top 10 pick of, for Arizona. But he's, he's, a, he's a guy you got to just go find that's pretty rare, that loves playing defense. He could have played wide receiver as well, but he wanted to play, and he could play safety or outside yeah. backer or, or rush end. He was that kind of a, a pocket knife type player. So it's uh, it's interesting uh, where can you can you go find that type of kid, first of all, and does he want to play defense? That specialized spot is, is a pitch, and I think you can you can pitch that. I, I haven't talked to defensive guys, and that'll be, you know, something I bring up. Uh, are you are you hesitant to want to play defense? And is it because of the targeting rules? And, and I think it's always been offensive coaches want to put their best guys on the field. You see guys like Rondale or Wandale or guys uh, that, that are super hybrid offensively. There's now a need to match up with those guys, yeah. and you're seeing more of a pitch and an emphasis to, to kind of find your joker spot defensively or or like a tweener spot like Levante David, yeah. a, a safety that played great linebacker, and he's doing it in the NFL. Yeah, the rules also have changed. I mean, the rules obviously have a little less. they got to dial back. They do. I mean, the advantage. And, and they won't. The advantage is to the offense now because the defense is, you know, they're a little bit scared about what it is they can do. They can, I mean, they get flagged all the time. they got to dial back and let them be a little more aggressive. And, you know, once you can let them be a little more aggressive and not be penalized all the time, you know, that's going to make things a little bit more equal. Um, yeah. But. Uh, folks love offense. They it's do. Kind of like uh, Greg Maddox saying, chicks dig the long ball. I got to ask you, Shuey, here. Uh, we'll uh, depart from football for two seconds. Danny Burke is coming up to Prime to Chicago. Burke's best bets. Danny will have some thoughts on Georgia Bama this weekend as uh, Danny works for Musburger and Vison. Uh, so we'll hear uh, some NFL uh, picks this weekend, too. Shui, what's going on out at Wilderness? Uh, tell me about golf. Tell me about lessons. Tell me about what's going on because there's, there's still beauty and there's still time to play golf, but there's construction galore going on because you guys are going big, man. This yeah, is we're really going awesome. big, man. We're super excited about it. You know, so if you come out, you'll notice some different areas that are that have some major equipment on it, some some earth that's being moved. So as we continue to go forward, we will be uh, private. Uh, by the first of the year, um, we have a new pro shop and uh, golf academy mm-hmm. that we're putting in. Um, and then we have a pool complex that we're putting in, an aquatic center. So, And then we'll where our old pro shop, uh, if you had the pleasure to be able to come out here, where our old pro shop is, that's moving to our new facility on, on the closer to the first tee in the range, and that's going to turn into a members area. Um, but the workout center in it. So there's a lot of super exciting stuff. So you and I can do some curls? I can do some curls, all right. Give me them five-pounders. <laughs> I can lift those up and down. That's about all I got. 
But, uh, I mean, it, it'll be an incredible resort-type setup along with the, the championship golf you've always had. Yeah, championship course is in fabulous shape, you know, so it's um, with our new bunkers that we that we completed last year. I know them. So you know them all too well. <laughs> so it's a lot of exciting stuff. I mean, we're super excited out here. And, and uh, you know, like I said, you'll see some earth being moved out there. So they're slowly moving along, and, and uh, we're excited to get people out. Well, go see Shuey here at Wilderness Ridge. Happy hour with Hale Varsity. We're out here uh, till 6, but... Uh, Beyond that, man, get food, get drink, and enjoy the uh, hail. Ale is out here to to try and enjoy from Kincaid. We're back out here for Northwestern Week as well. But uh, we'll get to Danny Burke and some of Burke's best bets. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's that time. It is Best Bets with Daddy Burke as we're here out at Wilderness Ridge on the deck. And uh, prior to Chicago, good to talk to you at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. A daily show, Rush Hour, uh, out of the Chicago region. And uh, Danny, uh, good weekend of football, man. How you doing? Smitty, I'm doing good, man. Like you said, great weekend of football to look forward to. One more week until we get some Big Ten action, but uh, we have some good matchups this week to hold us down for a little bit. We do, and we will wait a little while to to dive in on the uh, minus 21 and a half Ohio State, (laughs) (laughs) Nebraska. We'll see if that thing grows or shrinks a week from now. But uh, some college football tonight that gets underway, BYU and Houston. Uh, old, old Dana Holgerson and and BYU and what are your thoughts on on that one tonight? A little Friday night football and then I I got to get your take on this fluctuation between Bama and Georgia. Yeah, so to start with the game tonight, the Cougars versus Cougars, gotta love that matchup. Um, so uh, this one was tricky because this one opened up with BYU being a three point favorite. And then it leaped up at about Tuesday or Wednesday to up to now like five, four and a half, depending on where you shop. The angle I looked at it, though, because I'm not that confident in BYU as of this point. Yeah, they're 4-0 and on the year. I believe they're 3-1 and against the number. But they really haven't played, obviously, that great a competition, per se. They kept it close this past weekend with UTSA just getting the dub 27-20. to But offensively, obviously, is what really has been their crutch, and they've been able to move the ball uh, very smoothly, 44 points per game they're putting up. And defensively, obviously, they've been sound as well, only allowing 11. You look on the other side with Houston now, as we know this is a team that's kind of been getting screwed with not being able to play as many games as they'd like. But we saw the offense that they're capable of having versus Tulane on uh, their last outing. So, like you said, Dana Holgerson out there, you know it's going to be a sound offense. Uh, defensively, I, I don't know what to expect from them too much since they only have one game under their belt, but you got to imagine BYU is still going to be able to put up points. And while BYU's defense has been solid, I still think Houston's going to be able to move the ball uh, pretty smoothly like they have been before. So I like the over in this game. I took it at 63. The interesting thing is, though, it's actually moving down. So some attention going to the under. I see you can even get it as low as 60.5 at some spots. So it's bouncing down in that direction. So obviously uh, when, when I make my pick, it's for our uh, – 
for our point spread weekly, which comes out um, obviously like on Wednesdays once a week, and we do a competition head-to-head five picks in college football. And the one I did was uh, BYU-Houston over 63 at the beginning of the week and obviously didn't get the best of that number. So I would clearly recommend still going over it, especially if you can get a 60 out there, which looks to be the lowest spot. So I think it's going to be a high-flying event tonight. You know what? There's been like zero defense in college football. And uh, two teams that hang their hat on defense, Georgia, Alabama. Bama's allowing 30 a game. Lane Kiffin, man, that was a shootout last Saturday against Ole Miss. Saban is masked up and probably restrained somewhere so he can't be on site uh, with with COVID. And uh, let's get into Bama and Georgia minus four and a half Alabama. All right, so this is another pick that I made, and I went with Alabama before everything happened, laying six and a half because, of course, you get it under that key number of seven. Now, I understand just how dominant that Georgia defense is, and this one opened up with Bama's about a seven, seven and a half point favorite. So uh, some money early on came on the Bulldogs, pushing that number down to six and a half. And now, like you said, we've seen this fluctuate a ton. Now it's at about four and a half. You saw a bunch of fours yesterday, so it slowly creeped back up to four in the hook. I actually bet it again with Alabama laying four because, in my mind, is Nick Saban worth a few points? In the long term, certainly. But for this game, I don't really think so. I think the guys are going to be ready regardless. It's a big enough game that they're looking forward to. Look, Saban, even though he's not there physically, I mean, you know he's still going to be involved with Zoom calls that we already heard and any kind of crazy way to be there, he will. So I think it's kind of one of those maybe rallying cries to coaches in here. Let's go out there, show them that we can still win with everything we've learned. And you're getting them at a premium price, being you're getting a few points better on the spread. I like laying the four, four and a half with Alabama since already laid the six and a half. Um, But, you know, obviously the four is better than the four and a half. So if you can shop it and get that, look for that number instead. But, like, I think Alabama gets the win here. It's going to be close, no doubt about that. But I think in the end, Alabama's offense is going to, really thrive through and just break a hole in that bend don't break mentality that we'll see from Georgia's defense. Danny Burks with us at Danny Burke 5, Pride of Chicago, Burke's Best Bets. And he is with VEASAN, and he's hosting Rush Hour uh, Monday through Friday, of course, uh, with Fox uh, on Sundays with NFL uh, pregame coverage on Fox 32. And uh, Bet on Chicago on 890. So Danny Burke does not sleep, does not not work. <laughs> so give me some NFL, Pride of Chicago. Three games, got a couple, three minutes left here. We'll start with Green Bay and Tampa. Yeah, this game really is shaping out to be the most intriguing one of the weekend because it opened up with Tampa Bay being a three-point favorite. Then this one completely flipped toward Green Bay, up as high as at least what I saw, two and a half. Now it's been coming back down to Green Bay laying one or even a pick And honestly, it'll probably stay a pick in this spot. Now, a lot of people are going to want to bet Green Bay being the public just because of recency bias and how dominant that offense has been. And you saw Tampa Bay, they're going to be coming off that tough loss against the Bears where Tom Brady just didn't really look like himself. And, you know, the defense had some lapses, especially at the end of the first half. But I'm not too quick to rush to bet Green Bay here. But at the same time, I just really don't want to fade Aaron Rodgers and what he's been doing because not only has he been completely dominant, it looks like you're going to get Devontae Adams back in this spot too. So the big matchup, though, for me that you have to keep an eye on, of course, is Aaron Jones and what's going to happen with this Tampa Bay rushing defense because they've been absolutely stout throughout this whole season, although they did allow the Bears to finally get their first rushing touchdown of the season. But 
Uh, really, the way that I would look at it, we were kind of diving into it yesterday on the show, was maybe look at the first half team total over for the Packers. Uh, 13 and a half is where that spot is listed at. And that's a spot that they've gone over, I believe, in uh, three out of their four games so far this season. And I think if my numbers were correct, Tampa Bay's allowed their opponents to go over that mark, getting at least 14 points in the first half in three out of the four games this season so far, too. So maybe that's the angle I would look at because it's going to be a tough one to sweat out regardless. Great in-game betting opportunity for this one that's what i'll probably do but also look at that first half team total green bay over okay how about uh this one i'm interested in pittsburgh and cleveland here uh danny about uh, 90 seconds is this kind of the statement opportunity here for cleveland a hundred percent it is because now that everybody's kind of had the hype around Cleveland, I thought this was going to be the scenario last week where everybody's riding them and then the Colts with their great defense to show up. But then Phillip Rivers showed why he should be called Old Man Rivers because he's really just lost mm-hmm. that at this point. But Pittsburgh has been completely dominated offensively. I mean, the only thing you have to worry about is if Big Ben can stay healthy, and he's looked really sound so far. In Cleveland, you're catching three in the hook at most spots, so obviously that's a prime spot. But look, to me, Schmitty, it's either you tease up Cleveland here or you just stay away because I could see Cleveland keeping it close or just getting absolutely smacked here and being in classic Browns fashion. But it looks like um, Odell should be good to go this weekend, so that Cleveland defense is all you got to worry about because they're atrocious, but offensively they can hang with the best of them. We haven't seen that signature Pittsburgh defense game yet, though, so this could be that spot as well. Uh, about 15 seconds. Aline, we're at the Rams or Niners. Yeah, I love the Rams here now that it's down to three. You're still paying a little bit more, but how can you trust the 49ers here? The Rams have been a really good team to back, and I think laying three is the right move. That is Danny Burke with VEASAN. Rush Hour is his show. Also, uh, Burke's Best Bets is where you hear him here. And uh, follow Danny on Twitter at DannyBurke5. The pride of Chicago delivering once again with uh, Burke's Best Bets. Danny, uh, buckle up. Big Ten football season's about here. Thanks for jumping on today, bud. Yes, sir. Can't wait. You bet, Smitty. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, it's uh, been just incredible to be out here. Hail Varsity and happy hour with Hail Varsity. Wilderness Ridge uh, Roadshow. Friday out on the deck. It is just beautiful. Yeah, I can't emphasize that enough with the colors and the people and the listeners and uh, folks uh, ready for football here. Shuey, I know in, I in a week, and we always do a steak and a beer bet. Me and Elijah do on Friday, and uh, I coerced him into to more points with Tampa and Chicago. It was a Thursday night deal, and uh, long and short, it worked out well for me. So we're going to bring Elijah on for a a double or nothing. Uh, By the time the season ends, we could be uh, purchasing the old 96er for one another. (laughs) So Elijah, jump on here. We're going to do Green Bay, and uh, we're going to do Tampa. I know we just talked to Danny Burke, and Shuey, you jump in here as well. Steak in a beer bed. So are you wanting Tampa or are you wanting Green Bay? Or do you want a different game? Uh, no, I like this game because this game's a pick em. We don't have to deal with all the points. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, you don't think. <laughs> well, see, the, the concern for me is my roommate's a big Packers fan, and I'd feel wrong rooting against them while he was over. So I think that means I got to go with the Packers. But I also am fearful because I think it's about time the Packers uh, lose a game. But I, I will stick with the Packers, and I'll go Packers. Oh. Uh, Packers 28, Tampa Bay 24. Okay. So help me out. Is this in? Is this the sombrero or is this on the frozen tundra? Uh, that's a good question. I tried to bring it up, and let's just say it didn't happen that quickly. Uh, it's in Tampa. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. Green Bay has been so much better because of their running game this no year. No question. And Rodgers is playing great football. But Levante and Sue and Calhoun and that secondary's been fantastic. I'm going to think I'm going to say Tampa wins this. See, and I'm going to say Tampa wins this a little bit higher scoring, 31 28. Give me Tampa in a, in, in a field goal. See, that's not a bad bet because Tom Brady's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL coming off a loss. Yeah. Yeah, I like Tampa Bay. 31 21, actually. By 10. So she was like, don't need your point. Well, I mean, let's no. not forget that Devontae Adams is back in the Packers lineup this week. That's, that could be great. huge. That, that will help, no question. Well, I mean, I, I feel somewhat confident that I am going to get my, my beer and my steak owed to Chris back, t- uh, owed to myself. So that's, that's good. I'm feeling this is, a, this is a better bet than last week. I'm feeling more confident about the Packers, I think, than I did about the Bears last or the Tampa I, last week. I, I think. He gave it the I think in there. <laughs> it's a pick em. You can't be confident with a pick em. That's true. Okay. There we have it. I have Tampa. You have Green Bay. And uh, we'll see if the Pirate gets a win tomorrow, Mississippi State. And does Saban make it happen? Yeah, well, well I, return? I need your take on that, Chris. Who wins, Bama or Georgia? I'm sorry. I think Bama's just Bama's too good. too good, and man. And it's at home. Yeah. At home is worth a lot. All right. Back tomorrow morning, weekend edition, 7 a.m. Shuey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Elijah, you're awesome. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks.